homeschooling, I think that we need to put away the fall sweaters and um, pull out our, our swimsuits again today. It's a little <laughs> steamy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, oh, go, uh, very good, Lisa. How are you? Happy Tuesday. Uh, Lisa, I just advise don't put them too far away because uh, we've got a real cool down coming later in the week. We, we're essentially going to be visited by the weather of two seasons this week. And by the time we get to Thursday and Friday, it'll feel like autumn uh, because we're only going to have low 60s around here. And that being the case, that'd be the coolest weather since back in May. Holy smokes. uh, Yeah. But on the other hand, today's near 90. If we hit it, this will be the hottest temperature in six weeks. Uh, And can you imagine we go from 90 today to, say, 62 uh, later in the week? Uh, that's about a 30-degree change in the temperatures. That, that is almost like changing seasons uh, around here. Tom Skilling is with us. It is Tuesday. This is Chicago's Afternoon News. Our conversation is brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. And, yeah, it's a nice little dose of what I think last week when we were trying to come up with a new name, people suggested we call it a boomerang summer, meaning we thought maybe <laughs> it was on the way out, but, boom, it's back. Yeah, and, and the other term you hear applied to it is uh, whiplash uh, temperature changes. Uh, you know, when when you go from uh, extreme warmth to uh, rather extreme cool, at least for this time of the year. So, yeah, but that's what autumn's all about, Lisa. You know, we've got uh, the impending cool weather of the cool season fighting it out with what's left of the warm weather of the uh, uh, summer season, and we just happen to sit in the war zone every time of the year, uh, at this time of the year. But, you know, it's it, it. we all know from experience that autumn is a beautiful time of the year around here. And despite these changes, uh, there's plenty of nice weather ahead, no question. What is the fall foliage going to look like? I mean, are we going to get that beautiful color this year? That seems to be up for debate in the Midwest. Well, you know something, we've had an early color change in some areas because of the stress of water, you know, uh, drought conditions or at least limited rainfall uh, in parts of the Midwest. But what's happening now, the colors are putting in an appearance up in uh, the north woods of Wisconsin, northern lower Michigan, the UP of Michigan and northern Minnesota. And typically uh, we peak about, uh, oh, about six weeks, five, four to six weeks from now, Lisa, as we get into the middle and end of October around here. And we're going to see more of the colors uh, coming on the scene here due to the falling temperatures and the shorter days in the weeks ahead. So it's a pretty time of the year to be looking forward to. Absolutely. I love this time of year. But, geez, Tom, the headlines over the past 48 hours, we have earthquakes in Mexico, hurricanes in Puerto Rico and the Dominican, flooding in Alaska, hot here, fires in the West. And the World Health Organization came out and said the biggest threat to humanity is going to be climate change, which I think some of those things could be linked to, right? Oh, no question. I mean, I mean, think of the threats uh, that it poses. First of all, these heat waves where they're occurring are getting to the limit of human tolerance. Um, we're either going to have to air condition and figure out a way to come up with the energy to, uh, you know, to fuel all these new air conditioners. They estimate we'll need about a billion new air conditioners uh, or a billion will come online between now and 2030 and across the planet. And as the heat waves get hotter, uh, that's going to become more of a necessity. 
I mean, look at our Sun Belt in this country. It opened up when air conditioning uh, came on the scene. Uh, imagine living in, living in Florida or in southern Arizona without the ability to air condition part of the year. Uh, you know, it'd be pretty hard to do. But well, uh, And I think that probably think- applies to keeping food products cooled as well, right? Oh, yeah. No question about it. You know, it, it's interesting. The population we have on the planet now has developed in what climatologists consider to be the quietest climate regime uh, over the term of human existence. And we've kind of walked the planet 200 to 300,000 years. Uh, the planet's four and a half billion years old. So we're kind of a relatively new flash in the pan here. But it's during that period that we've had relatively stable climates. We, ha- we haven't had an ice age or anything like that. Uh, or we got in on the tail end of the last one. And those kinds of ice ages that were driven by astronomical shifts, either that or asteroid hits, tended to come on uh, more gradually, except for the asteroid hits that hit fast. And, and the one sixty-six million years ago took out the dinosaurs when that asteroid hit off the Yucatan Peninsula and uh, sent the world into a period of what we would today call nuclear winter because of all the stuff it threw in the atmosphere. It blocked the sunlight and uh, photosynthesis cut, shut down, and there went the food supplies and the dinosaurs. So, um, you know, it's it's an interesting stage we're at uh, right now. <laughs> I'm hoping that doesn't happen again in my lifetime. I hope so, too. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, Lisa, the day we wake up and find on an asteroid hit and, you know, heading for us, uh, that'll certainly uh, uh, grab our attention, won't it? Uh, and maybe bring us all together. (laughs) Anything to bring us all together. Tom Skilling is with us today. Uh, Coming in next, we're going to talk about a video that my husband captured on Sunday night. We got hit with some really crazy weather at the farm. And and then a question, Tom, that I like that somebody asked you online, the difference between an equinox and a solstice. So I'll have you cover that as well, okay? Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, All right. First to check on weather and traffic with Mary Vandeveld. Chicago's Afternoon News 720 WGN. My favorite part of the week is catching up with Tom Skilling. He's the beloved meteorologist that all of Chicago knows from WGN-TV. And Tom, that video that my husband captured on Sunday night out by the farm, I was tucked away in the basement because the phone went it went off. So I'm where I'm supposed to be. He's out <laughs> driving in it. And there was this cloud that I can't even describe it. It almost looks like the shape of a nuclear reactor with belts around it. Is that just my vision or what? what is that that we're looking at in that video? And by the way, everybody, I posted it on my Facebook. So Lisa Dent Speaks or Lisa Dent Radio, you'll find it there. But what were we looking at there, Tom? Well, Lisa, you know, I, I glimpsed at your video and I, I'm not sure we're talking about the same thing. But I'll tell you one thing. You are absolutely right. It serves your husband. The lightning Sunday night was phenomenal. Um, you know, and we had those displays every now and then, but there were something like 9,000 cloud-to-ground lightning strokes that occurred between 10 o'clock uh, Sunday evening and 2 o'clock Monday morning in that short period of time. 9,000 lightning strokes across northern and central Illinois. That statistic from my National Weather Service colleagues. And it was amazing. I've been sent pictures of the uh, the lightning it was extraordinary. What you sometimes get to happen is uh, portions of a thunderstorm cloud, the cumulonimbus cloud, become ionically charged because of the lightning of the energy in it. And it can actually glow. 
And, and that may have been part of what you were seeing as you had these uh, lightning bolts arcing across the sky at the same time. So it, it was a dramatic display. Oftentimes, thunderstorms that are fueled by particularly hot air, as these were on Sunday night, the hot air not here but south of us and feeding into us, the lightning can be really phenomenal. Uh, no question about it. Hey, about that question on the WGN-TV website, what's the difference between an equinox and a solstice? Yeah, well, you know, um, the seasons are denoted by astronomical measurements, and astronomers like to refer to the beginning of fall or spring as an equinox. What it is, it's the point at which an equal amount of solar energy is falling at one point on both hemispheres, the north and the south. Equinoxes, which we have uh, coming up on the 22nd, uh, this Thursday, at 8.04 in the evening, that's the point at which uh, the amount of energy falling on the planet is about equal. And days and nights are roughly equal on the equinox. Uh, That'll be true in March when spring begins. Now, the solstice is a period in which uh, the sun's rays are either falling as far north on the planet, the direct rays, or as far south of the planet as they're going to fall. Yeah, so I like to think in a, in a few months, Tom, um, you know, it'll be dark at 4.30 in the afternoon. That's something yeah. we all dread here in the Midwest. Well, you know, and we get about a little over nine hours of daylight on that short day uh, in December, and we get about uh, 12 hours of daylight on the longest day in June. So there's quite a difference. And, yeah, I think it, it you know, it's been shown to affect people's physiology, uh, uh, our moods, and everything else, you know, when we're deprived of sunlight. Hey, let's talk about that for a second. I read an article, and I don't even know if there's anything to it or if there's any truth to it, but it was an article about biometeorology, meaning, you know, like when your uncle or your mom says, oh, my my knees hurt, the rain's coming, that there's actually studies being done because there is truth to the weather affecting our bodies. Well, you know, they found that, Lisa. It, it's very personal. You know, biometeorology and the way the weather affects us is very individual. It'll affect one person one way and another person another way. But they've actually found that there are some medicines that work uh, better in certain kinds of conditions in certain folks. You know, even uh, we talked about this before. Um, you know, you talk to nurses in maternity wards, they'll tell you, that it seems uh, more babies are born in and around thunderstorms because the pressure oscillations may bring on, uh, you know, the birth of a child uh, in the final stage of pregnancy in some women. So um, it's, it's quite interesting. We think about it. We live here at the bottom of this fluid that's pushing on us all the time. And uh, therefore, we have kind of an intimate relationship with this atmosphere because it's exerting pressure on us and we're just bags of fluid. So, uh, you know, it would figure that changes in air pressure and all would have impacts on the way this whole thing we call our bodies operates. Yeah, I'm reading this thing about biometeorology, and it says it examines the relationship between living things and the weather. Changes in air pressure and humidity can cause joint pain by allowing soft tissue to swell and fluid around joints to expand. Some people also complain of severe headaches. But there are many doctors that specialize in biometeorology, are there? 
Oh, there are people that do research. You know, it's interesting. Years ago, I get questions on people's aching joints and all, and I called the American Medical Association, and I found that there were some doctors that were uh, not likely to uh, reticent about going online and talking to you about it. Uh, they didn't feel it was there. But if you talk to folks who deal with, uh, you know, doctors who talk deal with uh, joint pain and all, they'll tell you, and certainly anybody who's got aches, and arthritis and all will tell you the same thing, that weather changes, these are changes in moisture levels in the atmosphere and in barometric pressure, have an impact on them. So um, I think you'll get varying views on just how uh, extensive that that is. And I'm not a doctor, uh, Lisa. I hasten <laughs> to that. But I, uh, I, over the years, I've heard from enough people that, um, y- you know, I'm convinced there's something there. Yeah, you're a believer. So why don't you share the forecast with everybody so they know what's on the way? Well, it's going to be up around 90 today. If we do that, it'll be the first time in six weeks we've gotten that warm. But uh, enjoy it, because tomorrow will be a day that's fairly warm. We'll be in the low 80s, but the humidity will start dropping off. And then we go into a much cooler weather regime Thursday and Friday. The jet stream is switching in from Canada So we're going to bring a big old Canadian high down here and cool off Thursday, Friday, warm up a bit on Saturday, back into the mid-70s. Then another cool front will hit uh, Sunday with showers and thunderstorms. And by Monday, we're back in the cool air again. So this is looking like a cooler weather regime that's setting up as you look out over the next couple of weeks. So, Tom, when do you think the fall colors will emerge again? What's your best guess on that? Generally, it's another month from now. You know, okay. another four to six weeks, uh, Lisa. You figure uh, mid to late October, we're at our peak around here. And a lot of has to do with the character of the fall. We've been running a little above normal on temperatures, but nonetheless, they tend to show up in uh, mid and late October in Chicago and reach their peak then. Okay, we're looking forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us on Chicago's Afternoon News. Lisa, always a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you on Tuesdays. Have a great day. You too. Steve Bertrand has the news coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Chicago's 